All right, coffee in hand. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome down the security rabbit hole to another edition of that Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast. Hey guys, I'm recording live from my studio, my house, uh, and this is, I think, Joe's the first ever guest to join me in person. Uh, and I am quite honored, quite honored. <laughs> so we're, we're figuring this this audio video thing out. Uh, it should sound pretty good, uh, but uh, I thought uh, for 589... Uh, we're going we're to take a trip down memory lane and learn some lessons along the way. And uh, uh, who better to have than my friend uh, and long, long time ago boss, yes, uh, Joe time. DBS. Welcome, Joe. Well, thank you, Raf. Glad to be here. Um, it, it, uh, I heard uh, I heard the, the, the podcast with uh, James Beeson. Okay. And I, like, I texted you like right after you I can't heard it. On the, I was in the car. And I pulled over. <laughs> I said, "If Beeson's on, you got to have me on." Well, it took me it took me a minute to get Beeson on, but he was a he was a very popular guy. Obviously, um, you, we we worked together, all oh. of us, in the same same giant meatball. Uh, oh, yeah. So tell okay, tell people a little bit about yourself and uh, how yeah. we got to get. Yeah, so I've I, I've I've been like you know I've been around this security world since a long long time. I mean, I started doing security work in 1991. Oh, voice. Yes. Uh, and I can think of the history if you want to understand, if you want that, how, how I got into that. But um, I started with uh, in security with AT&T. Okay. And worked there for a while. And then got um, recruited at GE uh, by Marisa Buffardi. I oh, yeah. Marisa. I remember Marisa. Yeah. Marisa. Yeah. yeah, she was my, she, she was at uh, AT&T with me. She okay. went to GE and gave me a call. And then I ended up at GE. One of these days, I got to track Marissa down and get her on the podcast. Yes. She, her and Carolyn would be good, good, uh, yes. good, good guests. I've not talked to them in a long, long it's time. It's been a minute. Yes. So, um, and it was at GE for, oh gosh, eight or nine years. Okay. And then got a job over at First Data. First Data. Um, doing, um, again, VP of security over there. So you boomeranged. I did. And uh, financial services, which is a whole different world. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it moves faster, doesn't it? Yes. And um, I worked for Susan Malden over there. Okay. So, and she was, um, you know, Susan. Susan was a great CEO. I mean, great um, CISO. Yeah. She happened to be at Equifax at the time. Okay. So, you know, she had a, that was, that was kind of, I want to say unfortunate for her. <sighs> yeah. Well, that situation sucked all around. But yeah. so you and I met yeah. at GEPS, GE Power became GE Energy, became, right. I don't know what it is, I don't know whatever it is I, today. Yes. But they're on their own company now. They're, yeah. Uh, we, we did some things. Uh, we, did, we had globally distributed monitoring networks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had, uh, and I came to you guys, I don't know if you remember this, but I came to you guys. You were uh, Brooke Carroll was still there. Yes, your predecessor. Yes, and, uh, and you were I, a contractor. I was. I was a contractor. I was. I was installing 
Hey, Rob Graham, if you're listening, uh, Network Ice, Black Ice, that blew up uh, GE's network. <laughs> uh, and then we, I came to fix that, and uh, Mark decided that he was, you guys wanted me on board, and so I, became, I joined the team as a contractor. And, yeah. and the rest, as they say, is history. It's but, history. Um, we, we, <laughs> we were joking because we went out to lunch, guys, and we were just kind of talking about uh, what do we want to talk about. And there were uh, so many lessons learned, so much of a progression of how security really grew up. We were truly information security back then, right? We were, we, we had, we had ties into the network. We had a snort sensor out there. Uh, I remember we had uh, 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 exchange, OWA, a front end to exchange. And then we monitored and managed, I'd say we monitored patch management, but wasn't really something that was well done. And then we did uh, antivirus. Yep. And we were also doing um, application risk assessments on an application by application level. So, <laughs> yeah, I broke a lot of apps. That's how I got started in AppSec because it was it was so easy. Everything. I think the problem, and some of the companies still face this, right? They, we did uh, the way we did pro- applications was obviously lowest cost bidder, like. Every you know, global, you know, uh, offshore, nearshore kind of work, but then you'd, you'd have a code base, and somebody'd say, "We need an update. We need X module added." They'd bid it. It'd go to some company. They would develop it, test it, send it back to us or uh, UAT. We'd sign off on it. They'd wash their hands of it, and then security you would get come it. in and say, "Wait, wait." <laughs> We'd get it Friday morning. Like, oh, by the way, well. After we finally got in, right? So we got into that process. We'd get it like Friday morning. And they're like, oh, it's going live on Sunday night. Uh, just double check this. That's okay. Yeah. And it was never, nope. never, ne- <laughs> never, never, never. There's a lot of, there's a lot of politics. Yes. Yes. And it, it's, it's interesting. Some of the things that we did and some of the things that we broke and um, we broke a lot. We broke a lot. I'm, I'm, I'll never forget. Cause we, you know, we would starting to do when we were doing network scans. It yeah. was brand. It was something that was new. So we, yeah. we said, we're going to start doing network scans. And we would contact the business because GE was, you know, multiple different businesses. Yep. And say, how many places we can't scan? Because let us know. <laughs> no, you're I know fine. where you're going with this. We're fine. <laughs> and then you'd scan it and suddenly. And yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I'll never forget. I was sitting in my office one time. You guys went out to lunch. We went to lunch. I was sitting in my office and you came back and I literally went like this. <laughs> so, as you guys walked by and I said. Winds, winds down. Yeah, we, we, we broke wind. <laughs> we broke wind. We broke all the wind farms. Yes. So, um, but we asked them. Yeah. And they said you could scan it with like, and so I remember, I remember calling, because I had to go tell yeah. somebody. Yeah. What happened? This is what happened. We asked them. We had the process. They told us we did it. We won't do it again, but now we know well, we got some issues. That was like that one little NERC issue we had uh, where I, I, I was, remember we were NT, scanning for NT4 machines. Yeah. That's when Microsoft said no more. We're, we're not even letting you do extended support. Uh, so again, did the same thing, right? We had a, we had a flat network, which is scary in itself, but uh, luckily they rectified that. I think, you think about, I mean, yes, but that was like in the, what, in the 2000s? I mean, I think, I think that was 2002. Yeah, that was 20, 20 years 22 ago. Year, 22 years ago. <laughs> don't remind me. That, that, that is, is utterly terrifying. They're like, that was yesterday. What are you talking about, Joe? It, it does seem like it. It does. But we, we, uh, we got the blocks of IP addresses, uh, you know, like, hey, we'd call the site map manager, which was not a security guy, barely an IT guy. And like, all right, can we, is there anything on here we can, we can't avoid? No, everything's fine. Great. 
launched the nmap scan with all the flags set went to lunch came back and your office was buzzing <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> i remember hearing loud noises coming from there and you're like <laughs> yeah. and, and i'm looking i remember sitting down at my computer and you know it, it, the, the little bubble that would come in the bottom right hand corner and say hey your network's disconnected i'm like what, what? i look at somebody's unplugged me and at which point you're like you here <laughs> yep yeah we broke a uh we broke a a, a vms vax box or pair a cluster that was at- attached to a uh <clears throat> a rather interesting uh rather interesting power generation facility that uh couldn't operate at the time because we broke the the monitoring exactly <laughs> hardware and software oh i just i just kept picturing like chernobyl in my head I'm like oh my god well i'm gonna i'm gonna have my name on on a report somewhere as the guy that ended the west coast <laughs> luckily none of that happened but uh yeah that was but i but it's interesting because it, it it brought up i learned a lot and it brought up the in, the in, Interesting part of, of the business and the network and security. For, so, for example, um, I remember we, we were scanned, we scanned everything and yeah. we had nuclear. Yeah. Right. So we had yeah, a facility in Wilmington, North Carolina yep. that made nuclear fuel. Yeah. And I could ping the machine that made nuclear fuel, fuel from my desk. Yes. And it was like, that probably wasn't a good idea to begin with. All right. But now we know that. Yeah. But I do remember um, we would scan them. And it was okay, and they'd come back with vulnerabilities, vulnerabilities. Yeah. and we would call them. They say, "Well, we can't." Yeah, and I, I remember I had it. Literally, took me a trip there to talk to the guy and understand what was going on. He goes, "Look, Joe, for us to make get this system working to make nuclear fuel, we have to get it certified. Yep, and it takes a couple of months. Yeah, if we change any bit of software on that machine, yeah. we got to get it certified again. Yeah, so if we ro- rolled out a patch." They have to get it recertified. So we had this conflict of the government regulations, the business, and security. So the way we solved that was with a firewall to totally isolate them, which was a good thing anyway. But you know, you had to come up. There's you got these conflicts of things you got to figure out. I feel like we were we were uh, the lessons I learned. I've I've carried from that company. I've carried everywhere and in the consulting world. And I say that because we survived. Nimda, Code Red, SQL Slammer, uh, uh, Sasser Worm, which took down Evendale, where they made jet turbines. Yeah. It was like, scrap metal, scrap metal. And that's where we realized that, hey, we found one facility that was still on hubs and not switches. Yeah. Because we couldn't shut ports down. We had a good process for that, by the way. And we learned the hardest lessons on the largest possible network, the most diverse network. And uh, I'm grateful for that because as, as as little as we slept back then, yes, uh, and as hard as that job was, I feel like we learned those lessons that you want um, that you know, like how to really manage a network that you don't fully have control over. I mean, we had uh, you know we had uh, energy services going out to to China uh, to all over the world. We were monitoring all sorts of things out of uh, Atlanta here. Yep. And, you know, we found out that we could actually break a checkpoint firewall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we could, you could have enough rules to break a <laughs> checkpoint firewall. Did it. Uh, <laughs> we, we integrated technology as we started buying. Do you remember uh, that project that we had, like right, it was right before I left that project that we had to integrate. Uh, we it bought some company and we had the IBM Fion firewalls. Do you remember that? I do not. <laughs> 
<laughs> I still have nightmares about that thing because you'd log in and they're like, and you know, I was on all these calls. Eric took over for me. Uh, so oh gosh, Eric, yes. I, 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 I think I apologized to him multiple times for that. But it was like, yes, I don't remember the name. Now I remember. Yes, right. It was it was like Kansas City, some, yes. some company in Kansas City that we bought. Anyway, but it was like here's 500 rules in a, in a firewall that nobody's like heard of in 20 years. By the way, it moved us over to Checkpoint and you've got like three months. Yes. Like what? what? Exactly. Not a thing. How are you going to do this? But we learned scale. We learned uh, at, like to do as much as you can with as little as you could. Because we didn't have like, we didn't have the, the big governance. Like, you know, you couldn't show up in somebody's office and like, you're going to do this or else. And people were like, Joe, we're not going to do it. You're like, Okay, well, can we talk about something else? Well, the other thing we learned is not only scale at the time, the businesses were so diverse. Creativity. Mm-hmm. We had to be creative. We, we, we were, That's true. We had to be creative. And like we talked about, the network team doesn't necessarily like the security team. Yeah. But we had to work. We, we had to figure out how to work together to make things work. Well, we were. I, I remember uh, I ended up in Kevin's office at one point. Uh, I, I think this was, I know this was- Kevin Hoffman, how are you doing out there? Yeah, Kevin's out there somewhere. I don't know if he's going to remember this conversation, but uh, I ended up in his office at some point because we had an app that effectively, uh, and just you could drive a semi through sideways, right? And uh, and I was like, guys can't, tank. I was not approving the firewall rule to get to, to open the app. As so we ended up in his office, and I'll never forget the, the 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 life lesson that I learned from Kevin, which was he said, uh, and I, I paraphrase, but pretty close. He said, "You know, uh, if if uh, if I if you guys disappear tomorrow, we can still transact, even if we have to go back to pen and paper, and, and some of this stuff can still work. Because if we disappear tomorrow, all of us are out of work." And I was like, "That's a fair point, <laughs> um, right?" So this no, I, I came in wide-eyed engineer, you know, from a, from a pen testing breaking background, you know, oh, I can break it, therefore you must fix it, and, yep. and I learned very quickly the. Yeah, that's not how the world works. It's it's risk, and it's basically managing risk. Yeah, yeah, and we 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 managed a lot of it. We did, sure did. So uh, I I left. I went over to consumer. You were there for a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, what did you tell people what you did after that? Yeah. So um um, we got I got to work as um, CISO of both uh, power and um. Aviation, that aircraft was engines, yeah, and and throwing rail in there for a little bit, just 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 for fun, yeah, and for a while. And um, after that, like I said, then I got out, went over to to First Data because I wanted to get in the, into the financial okay. world. I I don't know why. I wish you know <laughs> you look back and go because I had done the you know we had we had worked on telecommunications, yep. right? I did manufacturing, did nuclear. Yep. I had not had the financial or healthcare. Yeah, and I said, oh, finance would be fun. Yeah, and no. Yeah. Finance. Uh, so now, finance seems like it's the place to be because they're all—it's all super cutting edge. It's all fast moving. Well, I mean, it's it, all the latest tech, but it, it's hard. It, it's it's very hard. It's very stressful. Yeah. I mean, it's really stressful. Um, it is the place to be because it's, it's where the money is. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, so, yeah. Know, so. yeah, and and some something interesting. I think that um, I, I you know you're you're from your management style. You were really good at solving these like. You can't make me do it. Complex problems, and you mentioned you know the network team. And that's still a problem, you guys. Uh, you're probably sitting out there going, "Yeah, that's 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 a thing." The, the the security team wants to put in 
controls. We want to put in hardware, software. We want to put in checkpoints. We want to put in uh, all kinds of you know, processes and stuff. A, the network team still doesn't like us because that's bumps in the wire, right? In one form or fashion. Uh, the apps teams don't want us because it's bumps in the wire in some form or fashion. It's slowing down process. And so now I think the things that we took from 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 the job we worked together was uh, how to be that minimally invasive was the way to go. And if you made it too hard, people would simply stop calling you and do their thing anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And did that follow you into the finance world as well? I imagine it did. Yes and no, because under the finance world, because there were so many regulations that you had, you had, oh, that's true. the compliance efforts drove everything in the finance world. Okay. Yeah. So we had um, the FFIEC and they're doing huge audits. And I mean, so, and, and we were also doing um, uh, PCI, right? Because okay. we were, first data was processed credit cards. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the compliance, I mean, the team was just so big. It was a huge, I mean, 200 and something people, 300 people. That's a lot of people. A lot of people doing security. So, yeah. That's a lot of people to do it, to do that uh, job. Um, have you found, I mean, so now it's been 22 years, right? Yes. Have you found that, I don't want to say things have gotten better because they, they, they haven't, they haven't. Uh, and, I, and I titled this episode kind of purposely, right? The more things change. Because I feel like some of the things that we did, and the, the, the if you take the name and the product off of the, that particular control, like they've just, this is just recycling old ideas at this point. Yeah. We've recycled a lot of ideas. Um, look, I remember 2001, we created the first, uh, you know, we were really starting to get on the cutting edge of, uh, of putting applications through security testing, st- dynamic security testing. And I remember thinking, man, how are we, how is this business so far behind? And and 20 years later, there are companies that are still yeah. not great at it. And so it's kind of interesting to realize how far ahead we were uh, and, and some of the things that we did that, that was just exciting that we thought we weren't doing well. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think a lot of it is, is, recycled yeah the new technology makes it very easy for old things to get back put it back in again yeah yeah we did so everything was was it was uh at nids it was antivirus and it was proxies like yeah. forwarding proxies that's how we kept everybody safe ish right and then investigations we just and you, you investigate the rest yeah and i feel like their name's different but you know uh sassy sse whatever secure edge kind of just kind of a similar concept yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've segmented things. Well, we hope sort of, yeah. <laughs> sort of uh, you know, uh, and, and I, I think the, the regulations have driven a lot. Like we talked, uh, Jeremiah Grossman's podcast just was just released right last week. Uh, and so we were talking about liability. Can we hold companies liable for, for software bugs that they have in their code? Uh, who's going to do that? Is the insurance industry going to do that? And we didn't have insurance back then, but it was risk-based, so it's still money in, in it. And so it's not really that different. Yeah, it's it a lot of it's the same. And it's interesting you talk about should you hold a company responsible yeah. for I mean, if my if my well if my Tesla just decides which I don't have a Tesla, but you know, I press on the brakes and there's a software problem and the car doesn't stop, yeah, they'll have to do something, right? Right. Yeah, you know? So but you signed like every one of us, you know, buys a piece of software. You sign that, you're, you click through that end user license agreement. It basically absolves 
the manufacturer from any risk whatsoever. And you're like, wait a minute, this doesn't feel, but it had, didn't feel right back then. No, it doesn't, still doesn't feel right. Yeah. So, all right. So, what have you what have you been doing the last couple of years, Joe? Because uh, I know you've you've gone off and you've decided you're going to consult. Yeah. So, um, my last gig was working for a carpet company. Okay. Uh, Interface here in Atlanta. Um, very good job. It's much smaller. A little l- l- less stressful. Ton less stressful. <laughs> ton less stressful. Um, you know, we still had some stress, um, but a ton less stressful, which was good. And you know, they got a new CIO, and um, about a year after, and, and all of his direct reports started to get, you know, oh. fired. Oh, um, I was kind of like the last one out. I think the only reason I was the last one out is because I was old. <laughs> And you know, they, they can't just get, get rid of old people because it's, we're quite a protected class. Um, but I finally got um, going March. It was March 1st. I'll never forget this. Because I, Raph, I knew I was going to get laid off. I could see it from the previous October. Okay. And, and I'm, and I, and I, in fact, I called my old boss, who was the previous CIO. And I said, Sanjay, I think I'm going to get, you know, laid off soon. He goes, yeah, it's very possible. I said, uh, but I'm going to stay here. He said, yeah, definitely stay because they're going to give you a package. You don't yeah. want to leave together. I said, so, you know, um, I'll never forget because I'm, I'm in the office and um, working, working. All of a sudden, bingo, here comes a, a meeting for one o'clock with my boss that says, catch up. Yeah. And I literally called my wife and said, uh, I think I'm going to get laid off today. She said, okay. <laughs> so I, I spent the rest of the time. Going through my laptop, yeah, you know, and um, deleting anything that was on there that might have been personal, yeah, right, and and you know, doing that. So when I went into the meeting and there was HR there, you're and, like, here you go, yeah, exactly. They <laughs> say, you need, I know, here I already cleaned it up. So, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> so um, and that was like, I tell people that's the best thing that ever happened to me. I mean, at at this point in my life, yeah, right, of where I am, yeah, because I like I said, I started to consult, yeah. Um, cause I had, I, back in October when I thought I was getting laid off, my wife said, what are you going to do? I said, I'll, I'll consult. I mean, people, you know, I am, like I said, where I am in my life, I only needed a couple of years till I can, you know, start thinking about retirement. Yeah. Um, which is a whole nother thing I'll take. Yeah. Um, so I started a company, DBS Consulting, if anybody cares. Um, and, and I've been doing that. I think I, I started that company, I think in like April, I think I got my first gig in like June. I've been working solid ever since. Okay. Um, but I also always wanted to, you know, big, I'm a big baseball fan. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, yeah, you got to show that. You got to show yes. that off. So I, uh, I said, you know, I always wanted to work for the uh, Atlanta Braves. And I was talking to my financial advisor and he was like, well, Joe, just went, go ahead. So, uh, so I got laid off on Monday the 1st. On Monday the 8th, I applied for a job at, the Braves. Oh, okay. On the ninth, I got an email saying, do you have time for a, a Zoom interview? I said, yes. On the 10th, I had a Zoom interview. Midway through the call, I had the job. Nice. So I'm an usher at the Braves during baseball. Hey, listen, and, and it happened to be a good season. Yes, it was great. And I have a, I have a great section. I'm right, I'm, I'm lower level. So I'm right past the visitors dugout. Um, and I got to stand. We stand, the usher yeah. stand. Um, there's, there's 13 rows between where I stand and the field. So I'm in row 14. Nice. I got to watch the world series from row 14. I mean, it's great. And I, you and got, I, you got to show yeah, that. So anybody cares? I got, a, um, they, the Braves gave us a 
Look at that. A ring? Can you guys can you see that? Look at that. Yeah, it looks like there you go. It looks like that. It's got my name on it and everything. There. You see it? That is awesome, Joe. It is awesome. It was cool. They gave everybody a ring. That's and, and the weird part is, you know, um, that was in, this is with the, all through 2022 and all through 2023. Yeah. I mean, we wear, all the ushers wear the rings yeah. while we're there. And almost every game, somebody says, can I see your ring? Nice. Almost every game. And that's been, that's three years ago. I mean, you catch kids, little kids here, you tell them to put it on. The mom grabs a picture. It's, yeah, it's yeah, really yeah, cool. Yeah. Really cool. So, so how's, I mean, can so, look, you you worked in one of the largest global companies on the planet, right? Yep. Uh, arguably one of the most diverse. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, technology forward, but also laggard. <laughs> like certain parts of the company were technology forward. Certain parts were desperately holding on to the past. You navigated that. What are some of the things, like how do you put that into practice when you go consult? Because you're, you're a VC, so? Well. More or less. Yes and no. Okay. Um, the hard part for me is honestly is keeping up with all the technology. Yeah, that's, it's that's really not the just hard you, part for me. That's not just you, Joe. So, um, <laughs> so what I'm what I'm I, I started VC so okay, and that's what I wanted to do, and I also decided the hard part of a business, not the hard part, a hard part yeah. of a business. Is selling. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of people out there doing what I do. Yeah. So the question is, how do I sell? So what I decided to do, Raph, was, and, and it's kind of fell in my lap. Okay. Cause I, I had no, I, I had no idea what to do. All right. I had never had a business before. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if you know Donna Gallagher. Do you know Donna? Mm-hmm. So Donna's a, um, a VC. So here in Atlanta. Okay. And, um, I met her at a couple conferences, right? And she knew she knew me from Adam. I think maybe just my name. Yeah, I'm just saying. So uh, I just I remember talking Donna. I don't know what to do. She said, let's get on a call. So she got on a call and helped me out. I had a lawyer, right? They got the business going. Yeah, and she helped me make sure she said, make sure you get insurance, make sure you do this, all the things I needed to do. Okay, so I helped with that. Um, and then I also contacted Wes Knight. I don't know if you know Wes. I, I know Wes. So City of Atlanta, right? For yeah, a long time. Um, for a long time. Yeah, he was doing some. One of the financials down in Atlanta. Yeah, he was, but I think he was, wasn't he? Okay, yeah. So sense. I contacted Wes, and so same thing. Wes, can you help me? You know, I don't know. I'm just getting started. Just want to hear your experience because that's what I thought was a good thing sure. to do. Sure, Joe. During the conference call, he goes, "Well, I'm not really contracting, Joe. I'm kind of more doing. I'm kind of retired, but I'm working for this company called Needling Worldwide, and we do CMMC assessments and stuff like that." Okay. I said, Wes, you ever like, could you use somebody like me? He goes, yeah, let me talk. <laughs> so now, so I started and, I, and he says, why don't you come on to give me, I did work on some CMMC assessments. He says, sit here with me. After that, now I do CMMC pre-assessments. Okay. So we sit down and with a company called Needling. Yeah. It's one of the companies that are good. I mean, all the companies I've worked for, I mean, I have good things to say. So um, we, we do that. And I was, what we do is pre-assessments. So okay. the company comes in and we go through all the, the checklists, tell them you're good here. You're not good here. Yeah. It's easier for me because it's just basically kind of doing all the controls. Yeah. I can catch up on the technology and I'm not doing this. This I'm not being the VC so side. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So a little bit less risk. A, lot, a little bit less risk. Um, and so I heard you guys talk about CMMC a couple yeah. of times on your thing. 
it's very interesting. A lot of the companies I work for that we do are very small companies. That's the challenge with CNMC is it applies to, like, I feel, I feel like the place that it applies the most is who's going to hurt the most if they have to put all these massive controls in place. We've had, I've, I've actually been on calls with, you know, people who are like, we have to do this. I'm like, yeah, you got to do this. It's like the, the cost of doing this yeah. may, may not be worth the business. The business. Cause yeah. they said we got maybe one, maybe two contracts a year. And these are, I mean, these people make, I don't know, plastic parts or these are right. All companies that do something, they make a part. So this is the, this is the, this is sort of like FedRAMP, right? Where it's a really expensive ticket to a dance. There may not actually be any partners to dance with. Yep. In, in fact, I'm working with a company right now um, where they're working on, so I'm doing a lot, if you haven't figured this out, I'm doing a lot of compliance-based work, which is fine with me. I got a company through SOC 2, I got a company, which is fine. Well, we got a company right now I'm working on um, that is going for TextRamp. You know what TextRamp is? No. Oh, okay. Rafa. <laughs> so is it, I mean, is it Texas something? Right? Yes, it is. So okay. there's there's FedRamp, you know what FedRamp yeah. is? You know what StateRamp is? Yeah. Okay. So state ramp is basically fed ramp modified. Yeah. Right? And you get certified there and a bunch of states yeah. may or may not take. Sure. Sure. Right. Texas will take state ramp. Okay. But Texas has their own ramp. Well, well, of, of course, course they, they do. do. And guess what they based it on? Fed ramp. So it's, <laughs> it's basically fed ramp. Okay. Minus a little bit of things. So, which is interesting when you think about it. Yeah. Right? So it applies to any, uh, if you do, if you have a contract with a government organization, um, or and, and this will also apply to if you're doing something for a state school. Okay. Right. So anyway, so the company I'm working for ha- has a customer in Texas that's associated with the Texas government. Therefore, they need to do. They need to do it. Tax okay. So we're taking them through tax ramp right now. So how much of the how much of the things that we you know, you've, that you that we pulled from that big company. How much of that applies? Almost, almost, almost. almost That's all. what I was thinking, right? It's because all the same. It's all the same stuff. I mean, the technology. Like I said, the hard part for me is keeping up with the technology. And again, not just you. No, <laughs> and I ask. I'll go through and I'll see that. I'll, I'll literally go through and say, okay, you're. This is the control. How do you meet the control? Oh, we use this. I got to go now do research on. Yeah. You know what? What does what does this mean at AWS? What does this mean at yeah, Azure? Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. so. You know, what's this tool you bought? So, and there's more of them every day, yeah. which doesn't make this any easier, which, which is just another problem. So, um, but let me just back up. Yeah. yeah. So um, my very first job consulting, I contacted my old boss, Sanjay, and I told him, you know, hey, I literally called him on the way home from Sanjay. I got laid off. Okay. I said, if you ever need me, let me know. So um, literally a couple of weeks later, he calls, Jay, you want to come work for us for a little bit? I said, yeah. I also said, hey, by the way, Sanjay, I just got this job working for the Braves, so um, I, I may have. I say, I may have to work around it. He says, okay, we'll put you hourly. Um, you know, if you you know work around, I'm fine because I worked around it. Um, so I didn't get forty necessarily. Get forty hours in yeah, yeah, yeah. every week, which was fine. Nobody cared. Um, but and he brought me in through. He goes, I'm going to just bring you in through Miracle. And so so I basically was subcontracting through yeah, yeah. Miracle. And that's what got me thinking also subcontract. I was like, okay, I mean, I'll just contract. I'll just subcontract. And I, that's what I ended up doing. I, and I've been working with this company. Like I've been working with Needling. Yeah. Another company called IO Emergent. Okay. Uh, out of DC. Okay. It's two guys. 
<laughs> it's all it's always it's always it's a small company small companies yeah and uh john and brett and i think you know john rose yep and thanks john for almost <laughs> killing me we're not gonna bring that up and you know john um was very good i i was on a a VCSO catalyst meeting. I don't know who the VCSO catalyst is. Yeah. It's that. a group. It's a group. Um, a bunch of VCSOs. Yeah. And John was given a talk. Same thing. He gave his talk. I pinged him after, after the talk on LinkedIn. John, I really like your, your presentation. I, I may or may not like this presentation, but it was an interesting presentation, but it was really just the intro. Um, you ever lose subcontractors like me? I'm just getting started. Let's talk, Joe. And, you know, I worked for him for a while. So, you know, this is an industry. I think that I think more and more uh, the the folks that have the battle scars from back in the day, uh, we were all shouting, get off my lawn at the young kids. Uh, those kids have grown up. We've we've gotten into, we'll say, advanced stages of our careers. And we're I don't know about you, but I'm recognizing that the things that we struggled with the hard problems that we struggled with have sort of been lightly plastered over for the last 20 or so years. And now the plasters are coming back, coming off and you're yeah. like, wait, nobody solved those things. Yeah. And so asset discovery and management, identity, network segmentation, uh, you know, network analysis, right? Like, Holy crap. Yeah. Those things are back. Yes, they are. Vulnerability management. Yeah. All of those things are coming back and, and nobody's doing them right. Yeah. Nobody's doing them well. I say right is not the right word. Nobody's doing them sufficiently well to protect themselves because if they were, we would not see breach after breach after. Like my mailbox, you know, fills up with the latest breach du jour all day long, yeah. as I'm sure yours does. And you just, you lose track of them. Yeah. It's been an interesting. Uh, it's been an interesting ride. What do you think is the, uh, the, the 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 I don't know the the, the weirdest thing that that's maybe weird is not the right word. The most challenging thing that you've worked on uh, that hasn't gotten solved yet. Put you on the spot a little bit. Yes. Any thoughts? Well, the one thing that I see is in companies that have customers, and it goes down to identity management, uh -huh. especially when your customers are other businesses. Right? Ah. So, for example, you have a platform that you know another business has 20 people logging into. Yeah. You can't manage any of those identities unless yeah. – so it's a people process problem more than a technology problem. How do you know when those people are gone unless the other company tells you? And now, and if they don't, yeah, that is, if, if you leave yeah. and you go work somewhere else and they don't tell me, you still have access to all their stuff in our system. Yeah, there's a fine line. I think this is, this is endemic to security as a – because we all – every customer – every company has a customers of some kind. And those that provide technology to others, it, it makes it worse, right? So it amplifies the problem. But it, I've seen this in two different ways. Uh, one is the third-party risk problem, which you and I struggled with mightily. Yep. And I'm going to say today's companies struggle with mightily because uh, it's breach after breach of like, well, technically, 
It's my data, but but it's that company over there that's my partner that suffered a breach. I it was just my data loss company. Customers was like, I don't care. You had the data, you lost it was lost on your watch. And like, who are you sharing with? Shouldn't you? But the third party risk problem we had 20 years, 20 some odd years ago was difficult because uh, well, one, uh, the scale you and I worked at is, is most companies never see that scale, like in yep. the millions, right? But okay. the relationships were less complex. Now they're more complex. There's more collection of data. Mm-hmm. There's much more ample opportunity to to misuse it, even accidentally. Yep. And that is not an excuse. No. And so it it's like this third-party risk problem is a real thing. It's not going away. No. How do we solve it, Joe? <laughs> Find that, Raph. You know. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I'd be visit. I'd be, I have my own podcast. I'd, I'd be interviewing you on your exactly. private island. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So, a uh, couple minutes left. Uh, pull out that old crystal ball. Five years and ten years in the future, Joe. What's this? What's this industry look like? Because you've had a pretty long, pretty good arc. Yeah. Right. Where, where's it going? Uh, it's, it's interesting because I see some of the, um, just in general, I, as I see some of the legislation coming out. Um, and the possibility of CISOs um, getting to jail. Yes, uh, I think it's it's going to be a very interesting thing because it's. I mean, that to me, yeah, is one is something that I would be. I would be. I know I'm not answering your question, but I'd be very concerned about about being a CISO. Well, that 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 impacts the future of the CISO. It, it does. I mean, because you know, it's the CISO can only do so. I, I think back to uh, Equifax. Yeah, right? the CISO can only do so much, right? You can get reports, you can tell people to patch, you can do stuff like this and this. A system doesn't get patched, it gets breached. Yeah, you're responsible. Yeah, you had a report, you reported it, right? Yeah. So it it, it kind of brings you know what, and should the CISO then get you know be responsible? Yeah, you know, legally responsible for that. So, but I'm gonna. Ch- so, I hear the challenge, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna challenge that. Okay. By saying, the the the, the legal counsel is is ultimately. Say, let's say the head of HR. Right. The head of HR can't enforce and can't force people to behave well, but if something bad happens on their watch, uh, you know, so, God forbid, something right, something untoward. Right. Ultimately, it rolls up to them. Yep. Uh, same with legal. Same. The CEO owns the risk ultimately for the company. Um, I, I get it. CISOs aren't in a position often of being the enforcement arm, so that you can't do the thou shalt. Right. Uh, but I think it's what what has been asked for in the last twenty years is we want the accountability. We or we want the ability. To go force people to do things. So I, I would, so I have no problem, right? And maybe it's just me personally being the guy that's accountable and responsible and I might get fired for yeah. this. So, I mean, because that's the job you take on. Yeah. But as soon as they come back and say, well, you might go to jail for this. Yeah, it's different. That changes everything. And now, and it's, and you know, um, that that's different. Yeah, that's certainly, that that's something to think about because- I, I kind of wonder what that's going to do to the CISO profession. Is it going to is it going to force those folks that have less of a business background and understanding of liability, 
uh, you have to have your own lawyer. You have to have liability insurance. You have to like understand, you know, what's material impact and all these things. Like security, you don't generally think that way. We yeah. haven't. Yeah. The good ones do, right? You guys do, but but we, we not everybody does. Yeah. And so I think it's going to do one of two things. And maybe, maybe guys, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's going to do one of two things. It'll either level up the game or it'll uh, add some shallowness to the pool because people will simply leave. They'll stop being CISO and they'll all go be VCSOs. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I, I don't think there's another option there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's path A or path B. Um, I, I hope it's, if I'm honest, I hope it's a little bit of both because we have some really great CISOs, that, some good CISOs that could be really great. And there are really great CISOs out there. I've had a bunch of them on the podcast, you, James, you know, several others that have been on the show. So that understand the business, understand the various aspects of technology and how it interacts. And they can teach and mentor, taking those that are good and making them great. Mm-hmm. But then there's those folks that really, I mean, we don't need to call anybody out because there's everybody learns at their own pace. But there's a lot of people that got in the giant vacuum sucking sound when all these new regulations were introduced where CISOs had to be in place. A lot of people got elevated to CISO that had no business being there. Yep. And I think that those guys are in trouble. Yep. I think so too. And it's, it's interesting because like guys like me and, and you, um, uh, I think when I came up being a security guy, right? A good security guy had experience in a lot of different places. Like yeah. I started my life as a developer. Yeah. So I was a developer, right? And of course you knew networks and- Yep. Um, How to move packets. Yeah. So y- you you learn all parts of the business and then you moved into security and now you had this, because, because you worked at the lower levels at these different places. You, you had, how it all fit You together. understood all that. Um, so that was that was important for me. A lot of people don't, I mean, that was, that was interesting um, when we would talk about to developers. Because a lot of the developers had no idea, especially the ones over, you know, if you outsourced it, yeah. had no idea how the network worked. Yeah. And it was like, come on, guys, you got to understand how stuff works together to do stuff right. So yeah. if you're going to build a solution. Yeah. But I think a good security person understands all that, at least from a technical standpoint. Yeah. The other side is the business side and making sure you have that good business. Like James. James yeah. has great, you know, Beeson, hi, James, has great business acumen. Right. So, I mean, a guy like that does that, you got to be able to combine those two things. I think to really be a good CISO. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. And it, and it takes, it takes experience. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. It's, it, and it takes, I think it takes going through some of the things that we went through, you guys went through, um, understanding, I mean, some of this industry is politics. Some of this is budgeting. Some of it is figuring out, Hey, look, you've got, uh, you've got three super critical things. One of them is getting solved. The other two, you're going to hope and pray. Yeah. Uh, and fig- picking the right one. Um, and, and I know all too many vendors out there want to make it seem like, hey, my magic box solves all these things. Nope. They don't. It's just they don't. And technology is, is, is still has not solved this thing. So anyway, we could talk for, for a while, but I think that's uh, that's good enough there. It's, it's real interesting. You know, I, I, I was just something interesting on, on the um, compliance side of the world. Just let me just one, one little story. Go. I'll um, listen. It's so Marit, I did a lot of work with small companies, right? There was, this, there was this little company that does advertising, a small little company. It was started by one guy. I think they, I think their total number of employees was up to 12. Okay. So 12 people. Okay. 
and they were doing work for a chance to do work for Bank of America. Okay. Okay. And they were doing advertising work for Bank of America. And Bank of America, all their vendors have to go through this compliance thing with with one of these companies. I'm going yeah. to mention the name. Yeah. That basically has a you know 200 question sig. Yep. That they have to go through. Yep. All right. So they hire hire us on hire me on. And I'm literally talking to the owner. He goes, Joe, I have no idea what these questions mean. Let alone what I'm supposed to do. All right. So my job, basically. Translator. Translate. All right. This is what it means. What are you doing? Oh, this is what we're doing. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. And they were pretty good. I mean, but the thing was, and you'll see it with a lot of new companies, right? They didn't have an office. Yeah. Right. They didn't have a network. Yeah. They only used, you know, cloud-based stuff. Yep. Right. Um, Even... Even other companies that I work that I'm working for that are like you know 300 people, yeah. So it's a pretty big company. They're developing their own software. Yeah, they have a little office network. But I was even like I said, I'll talk about that in a minute. But anyway, back to these guys. So these people would come in and and the the auditor was sitting there, and they go, well, "What about the network?" He said, "I said they don't have a network." He goes, what do you mean they don't have a network? They don't have a network. They're all remote. They all work remotely, but they have a server somewhere. Nope, they don't. They just they. They're advertising. They work in Adobe Cloud, Google Cloud. Yeah. That's it. That's what they do. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's like, it was like, and I understand for them because they're working all these, it was kind of foreign to them. So like they have to catch up to be able to understand all these because they don't understand the technologies either. That's the auditing talent firms don't understand technologies either. See that this is the, this is the, the thing that scares me like, about PCI DSS and some, some of these other ones. It's, it's protecting tomorrow using yesterday's ideas. Yeah. But it's the same. I mean, there's not really a faster way to do it. Legislation and compliance uh, is only as fast as we can, you know, uh, codify it, put it out for review, put it in, in into a framework, publish it, send it out to people. Now you've got a, at least eighteen months. Yeah, uh, twelve if you're really fast. And in twelve months, our industry has changed twice. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So, but I have to say, you know, you some of these companies I see, like one I'm working with, um, they do everything's out of AWS yeah. and Google, and they're using Google as their identity provider. Um, some of that stuff makes it easier. Like you talk about assets, I can get a list of assets from AWS. I got the list right there. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's there's certain things that that AWS and some of those can can help with. Um, makes it easier. There there are certain things that. You got to do the security right on the shared security model. Yeah. The, the, the standard wording. Um, but if you do, there are some advantages. I think it lowers the barrier to entry. Yep. We don't have small companies that are trying to de Like, I, I you know, okay, f- f- final thought for me, and I'll shut up, and then we'll end it. But like, you go to a do- local doctor's office, right? They've got one or two terminals, three computers. They're doing their own stuff. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> oh man, I hope you're doing the right thing yeah. at, at some point. Um, where yes. you go to the one I go to, which is contact with Wellstar here. And, oh yeah, and, and they've got global network. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they've, they've got they've got good ones. So, all right, thanks, Joe. Well, thank you, Raf. This was very nice. Hi, hey, buddy. 40, 40, uh, 47 minutes almost blew by. So there you go. How wow. how, how fast was that? It was. It, it seemed like uh, I have no idea. It, 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 this was really fast. Was yeah, really it, all these episodes go like this. We just we. You know, we uh, we we come up with a topic and we just chat. You're like, oh, what are we going to talk about for that much time? And, uh, you know, a couple minutes later, like, wait, it's yeah. all gone. Tom's gone. So, all right, folks, that's Joe. 
hanging out here. Uh, great guy. Um, thanks for joining me, Joe. It's been awesome. Thanks for listening, you guys. Uh, I will uh, maybe we'll do something like this again. Um, I don't know if you're local. Come hang out in my studio. Uh, we'll uh, we'll drink coffee. At least I'm not telling anybody else it's not coffee. Uh, and and talk about cyber. Uh, maybe we'll do like fireside chats or something. Anyway. Thanks for listening. 589 done. Uh, catch us on. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. See more of these videos. Uh, obviously, the podcast uh, RSS page. Uh, I'll tag Joe on the uh, LinkedIn post so you guys can check out his profile. And, and uh, Joe's had a hell of a career. Fun guy to work for. Um, Thanks, man. So I uh, appreciate that. Lots of learned lessons. We'll catch you guys another time, another place on another Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast. Well, not enough coffee. Roll that music. We'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. This is Bella. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave my dad a review and share this with your friends. Bye.